Welcome to the Young Saints Leadership Podcast, where we're going to be talking about all things youth, from leadership culture to supernatural youth ministry and discipling revivalists. We hope you guys enjoy. It's the yawn from Dante. If you're watching this, I was trying to hurry I, up and get it. I hope you guys enjoyed that off. yawn. They might not see it. He could I was, cut that's it. why I was trying to get it through. Oh. Now Jordan's gonna like zoom in on it, but you know when the yawn lasts longer than you You expect, and you're like, "Oh no!" and I can't get out of it. I'm in the middle. (laughs) I'm mid yawn. He was in mid yawn. I was doing everything. We need to stop talking about yawns because I think it's gonna make me yawn. Okay. Anyways, back to uh, welcome. Welcome back to our yawning podcast. (laughs) The yawn cast. (laughs) Oh Oh, my gosh! Just kidding. Sorry. That That was. Some of y'all just yawn. It doesn't make me yawn. Hundred percent. Maybe. Some of them were like, man, I actually wanted a nap. Yeah, yeah. Today's I wish I knew your what day. the phenomenon was of like seeing someone yawn and you yawn, but I it don't is, know. It's real. So it's weird. a thing, you know why? Because you release, you don't, when you yawn, you release something that actually makes somebody else want to yawn. Yeah, but what I is know, that's that? that's what I'm saying. But there's something that gets Rory, released. That's what I was just saying. I don't know what it is. What the thing but you is. made it sound like you knew what yeah, it was. Y'all want to know, <laughs> side note, with, Rory with, has my, facts. with my kids, I would try to put them to sleep, so I would intentionally yawn. I do the same thing. Hundred percent. If I need Harper to go to bed really fast, just like, I will. I will rub her nose and I'll yawn, and she'll start yawning, I and I rub her nose, and all of a sudden she's I do out. The same thing. There's a parenting tip because if you yep. yawn, they yawn instantly. They, yep. You're just yawning back okay, and forth. But it may not work for everyone because Harper falls asleep in 2.5 seconds, so it's not like just, you have to work hard. I rub her nose, yep, and she's yep, out. Just rub, yep. She gone. I don't even have to rub her nose. That girl oh. just hits the pillow, and she's like, "Chew, hum, chew." <laughs> Anyway, that's for my people. <laughs> oh. Um, anyway, so last week Dante wasn't with us because he yes. was on an amazing trip. Yes, yes. And so yeah. we kind of want you to open up and share with Some us testimonies. About- yes. Where did you go? Yes, what did yes. you do? Oh, I kind of said it, but you say it again. Yeah, where you yeah. we're in Oroville, yes. um, which is about an hour, hour and a half away from Reading, which is really beautiful down there. It is. Yeah, yeah. The weather was really nice. Uh, we had such a good trip. We've been doing um, our ministry and missions trips within Young Saints, taking students out um, to do evangelism, ministry, um, and just be a part of what God's doing in earth. And I got the privilege of leading junior high and high school together, which was so fun. You're one to of the few trips that groups. has done that. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we had a team of our like leaders from our... You had a stacked team. We did. We did. Um, they all like, I mean, at different moments were just like ready to go helping with everything. So yeah. There, there was like, I think there was one morning where I was like, hey, I'm going to sleep in a little bit. Um, y'all got it. Yeah. And I was just so confident that they, they would just, it. yeah, and they did. Um, but yeah, we had an amazing time. Tom Crandall, the man, the myth himself, uh, is has started something called One Hope for America over this past year. And, um, and basically, he's doing crusades throughout the U.S. And I think this was like the second or something like that. And so we basically had a ministry trip that kind of paired with that with BSSM students. And we went down, connected with the churches in that city. There's about 20 churches that connected and decided to come together for God to move in their city. And it was just like the unity that we we had gone down a couple of times before and a unity within these pastors and this yieldedness to each other. 
it was it was beautiful. I feel like I haven't and, heard much anything like that no, before. No, and it was yeah. it was just so special to see like man, they love their city. Yeah. And no one is having this need to be in the, the limelight or this they just want to serve what Tom's bringing and yeah. the House of Bethel and and so it was really cool to kind of come into that space as mm-hmm. a ministry team. Um, but then, you know, you have these teenagers that are on fire for God and want to see them move. Um, a lot of people that um, the students that came on our trip, they um, had never been on a ministry trip. Um, some of them had never seen like a word of knowledge happen through them or different things so like cool. that. So my favorite thing about the trip, people have asked me, like, what's what was your like moment or favorite moment? We had a um, kind of like a brief where we all talked through like what does everybody kind of want from the trip and what do you want out of the trip? And it was just so cool that throughout the the weekend, every kid, the Lord touched in a specific way mm-hmm. and, and they had a significant encounter or moment where so they good. were awakened or where, where they, you know, got to process through something with God and, and hear his heart for them and their mm-hmm. life. It was just so cool to see across the board, every student, something significant happen where you don't yeah. always get that on a ministry trip. No. You know, you're going and we're going to go pour out. We're going to go, mm-hmm. you know, minister, but will God meet me as well? And, sure. and it was just such a cool like time that we had. Um, but yeah, we would go out and do um, street evangelism and then invite people to the night events and, there was um, a couple of moments where um, some of us were called, uh, are you are you a um, fortune teller or are you a psychic or are you, um, how do you know me? Yeah. Like just crazy moments where it's like, so no, we, we hear from God and Jesus loves you. Yeah. Um, and th- there was a really cool moment. Um, I was with a couple of students and we, we came up to these two girls that were wa- walking on the street and and just asked them if we could encourage them and mm-hmm. um, and felt like we, you know, wanted to give them some words from God. Yeah. And we just start, you know, giving both of them words of knowledge and, and what we we're hearing over them. And um, and we invited them to the night event. Well, fast forward, um, the, the night event, it was three different nights. They didn't come the first two nights. The last night, um, the girl brought her entire family. And when wow. I mean entire family, it was like mom, dad, um, I think an aunt. And then, like, uh, the sisters, two kids, her two kids, and it was, like, the full family. And there was this significant moment that happened where they all gathered in a circle. And our team surrounded them and began praying and prophesying over them. And the presence of God fell on this family. Not one of the people in the family did. They all got a prophetic word. (laughs) Like, like that was like, and our kids, there was enough of us to, like, pray for all of them. And so this whole family, you know, and we go, go back, you know, a couple of days before. We're just in a park. And she's just walking with her friend, taking a walk. Fast forward three days later, she is with her family being so impacted by the voice of God and and our team. And so it was just an amazing time. Um, You know, we saw people delivered of demons. We saw there was this one guy um, that we prayed for at the event. Um, He had an issue um, in his back where his it was like his disc. Um, and his back had slipped to something. And so um, he could clearly, uh, when he stepped on his left foot, um, his whole body would literally lean. Um, and it was very clear that, like, his body's leaning when he steps down. And he was like, yeah, my back hurts. Um, 
and yeah, my, my back's completely off and I just have to um, walk a certain way. Um, and I think he said he put things in, in his left shoe or something like that to kind of offset him. it. Yeah. And um, we prayed for him at the event. He had come, um, but nothing happened. And, you know, but he was still believing God, still being impacted by the event. Well, the um, the Sunday uh, service that morning, he came to the church that our team was at. And um, and we were praying and ministering for people. And me and a couple of students, we went up to him um, and we recognized him and just checked in on him and said, hey, did you get, you know, healed or did you wake up healed or something like that? He's like, no, it's still the same. Um, still believing God for it. And we we're like, let's we're just going to pray for you. Uh, again and we prayed for him two times nothing happened and then we prayed for him third time and um we just said hey just hold out your hands right now and invite the holy spirit to just just come right now we're just going to become aware of god Mm -hmm. and as he says holy spirit come he's sitting down not moving he begins to sweat like dripping sweat on the top of his head (laughs) and it is like pouring and i'm like hey are you getting hot right now? Like, are you, he's like, yeah, I just got, I felt heat all over my, my body. I feel mm-hmm. heat right now. And I'm like, bro, I think you're, you're getting healed right now because a lot of times we've seen, mm-hmm. you know, if there's heat that's on a person's body in a specific area, when someone's praying for them, a lot of times that's a prerequisite to them actually being healed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we've seen that a lot in our environment. And so we're praying over him. He stands up and he tries to like step down, but he can't. <laughs> Come on. And he takes so he takes good. both of his shoes off and he's still trying to step. He's like, I don't feel any pain and I can't I can't do what I was doing before. Like it doesn't hurt and it, that's crazy. And he got completely healed. And wow. it was just such an amazing time to just see our students step out. Like we, <laughs> there were kids, like teenagers, they just walk up to people. They're like, I don't care. <laughs> I want you to meet God and I know he's real and I want you to be touched by the one who's changed my life. And so it was just so cool. One of our students, a little junior high girl, um, had never given a word of knowledge before, was like clinging to, you know, people that she felt safe around. And mm-hmm. we just challenged her to, hey, we're going to separate you and put you in a different group. <laughs> and, um, and she's just like, you know, seventh grade, like, ah, like so small. And, yeah. um, and the boldness that came on her Come to on. even give words of knowledge and get accurate, accurate words was Come incredible. On. So it was just really cool to see our students step out, take risk and see God meet them in that. It was, it was such an amazing time. It felt like it raised the water levels for each of those students, but then also just for our young saints environment. It's what it feels like these trips are doing, but yeah, Yeah, I I can talk about it all day. They came back fired up. They led ours, both our junior and high school services. And it was just crazy. The breakthrough that was released from our students. Yeah. It was crazy. I was blown away by some of them. I've just never seen them. It's like every like time that. we're coming back from these trips, I we're seeing a new facet yeah. of our kids. Yeah. Like it I'm might like, be the same wow. girl you're talking about, but a junior hire that I've known her whole time being in there and she's usually very timid, very quiet. And she was like, Hey, Maureen! I was like, Hey, what happened to you? I didn't know what to do with this. And so like, they were just radically. I want to tell people, this is what's so cool. I love about our trips. So if you've been listening, we keep talking about different trips that we've taken. We, we obviously take our kids on a lot of trips on this trip of all the students that went with Dante, only three had ever been on a 
another trip with us. Yeah. And I think sometimes like you'll hear stories and you think like, I'm trying to find that small group of kids that are <laughs> right, the, right. the power group, the power packed. And, and we're just seeing like, when you realize every kid's got it. Yes. Yes. And this changes could, the game. And, and it could be the trip that awakens. And it could be a trip that awakens. Like Good Lord. you're not picking kids based on man. Are they, do they, are they bold already? You're yeah. picking kids based on like Holy spirit. Who are you breathing on? Yeah. It could be the quiet kid. Yes. What are you, who are you asking me to bring? Cause I know you're going to start that's, something. That's so good. That's so it's funny true. because a student came up to me that didn't get on a trip and they were like, how do you like choose students and stuff? I was like, we actually pray about it. Yeah. And we see who oh, the Lord yeah. is highlighted. And sometimes it's a kid that you would not expect. Oh, and you're yeah. like, Oh, Man, I don't know why, but I actually feel like you're supposed to be on this yep. trip. And it, so, every trip, we're praying into it. We are very intentional, yes. and we get a lot more students than we can take. And yep. so, you can easily just pick who you know, yeah, instead right. of picking based on who the Holy Spirit's highlighting. Yes, this is really yeah. powerful and yeah. profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, anyways. So good, bro. It was just, I'm so proud of Dante. So he did so, it was so amazing. I mean, even the, what they released on uh, high school specifically, I got people smashed. were getting When rocked. I say smashed, <laughs> I was like, I, two of our high school boys that went on this trip, they were praying for amazing. me. Power got hit me so hard. So I got hard. thrown to the ground, like for like 30 or 40 minutes. I was, was crazy. gone. That's amazing. I was like, what has just happened to me? Whoa. They had the whole room do a fire tunnel, which I don't think we've done a fire tunnel. Oh man, in it was so like, long. I can't yeah. even remember the last time we did a fire tunnel yeah. in youth specifically. But they did it themselves, and it was powerful. Kids are like coming out weeping, countering yeah. God. I was like, whoa, wow, what wow. just happened? But it was awesome. Yeah, it was also amazing when we we're in Orville. We also did a school assembly right. um, of about nine hundred to a thousand kids uh-huh. um, at this high school. Um, yeah, I won't say the high school, but it was just an amazing time. Um, I got to share with Tom, um, and it's a public school, so we can't say the name Jesus. And I had to like tell our team because at this point, like they have evangelized to like, like any, we're ready. yes, and I was they're like, ready. They're like, I was like, guys, Jesus I, I is know, the son of God. <laughs> I know that the spirit of boldness. He is the only way. I was like. As, uh, with the spirit of boldness, have the spirit of self-control and <laughs> oh, I need you to, so to yes. manage yourselves. I know you're excited, um, I love it. but they did an amazing job just connecting with students. But, um, it was so cool. Like I shared on, um, dreaming, um, but a couple of nights before, um, I just felt like, um, the Holy spirit dropped in my heart. Uh, what happens when you stop dreaming is you start surviving and it felt like the perfect message for this school to hear like a lot of kids that are surviving and no longer actually dreaming for their lives and yeah, that there's for more sure. for them. So it was, I mean, it was so cool. There was a moment where you could just, the entire room was just quiet and receiving. And I, I remember looking kids directly into their eyes, like I was staring into their souls. And it was just really cool to see like our students also see that moment um, yeah. and be a part of that and seeing like, okay, there's a way to start bringing Jesus, even if you don't say the name Jesus. But they, so they got the upper hand because they can actually, you know, yeah, as a student, sure. they can, you can do anything. They can do whatever. It's true. <laughs> so, for sure. Students. Yeah. Yeah. But Oroville was a great time. Yeah. Good. So good. I love it. So yeah. fun. 
Yeah, I have something we're going to we're going to dive into here and you're about to hear a live conversation cuz um yes. These I two, don't know what he's about don't to know say. What we're about we have to say. no idea. So we're and all, so we're all in the same about living room right now. Be in the same living room. So welcome to the living room of Young Saints. Spicy. Where I'm going to throw something out to us that I just feel like is significant for this season and and I'm going to say I feel like this is a prophetic word I've been feeling for this season and and then I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on this. Um, I'm going to read a chapter in the Bible. So if you're like, Ooh, didn't get my Bible reading today. Don't worry. I'm going to read you a short chapter that probably most of us maybe have never read. Um, or some of us have, if you have good job, if you haven't go search this small book, it's at the very end of the old Testament and, uh, it's Malachi. And I'm going to read or Malachi known as Malachi or <laughs> by no I one. I have heard people say that though. Yes. We're going to turn to the book of Malachi. The Italian <laughs> prophet. Um, no. So I want to read this. It's a short, um, it only has, gosh, Malachi six verses. Malachi is not an Italian prophet, by the way. Yeah. So Malachi four, I'm going to just read verses one through six. It's the whole chapter. And I want to touch on something that I feel like the Lord is doing in our day that is significant and it keeps coming up. So it says this, now remember this is Old Testament and we'll talk through it, but it says, for behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace and all the arrogant and every evil doer will be chaff. And the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. You will tread down the wicked for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day which I am preparing, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, even the statutes and ordinances which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. So I think this is, I've been thinking a lot mm. about the spirit of Elijah will come and that in, in the last day, it's a lot that Elijah, the spirit of Elijah will come, that there would be a restoration of fathers to sons, sons to fathers and um, a restoration of family. And I think it, this is fascinating because um, in the mountain transfiguration, the two people, that show up with Jesus so that he said there'd be two people that would come before the great and glorious day of the Lord, the great and terrible day, which would have been people have different perspectives of this. It's just interesting to me that the next time we see Moses and Elijah are on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus right before he's about to go to the cross and settle once and for all that he is the son of righteousness, that healing is within his wings and that we who believe in him and fear him would tread upon wickedness. Mm -hmm. And they would be under the soles of our feet, that it would be the final act of darkness being under the soles of our feet. Yeah. And that within this, that those who remember the law, that the people that would remember his law and statutes, so we are not actually abolishing the law. We're not trying to get rid of the Bible. We're not trying to get rid of the word. Those who would acknowledge it and remember it and remember his commandments and would partner with what Elijah brought, which was restoration And also in Elijah's life, if you read uh, the story of Elijah, he's not only a picture of, he's one of the, the, a clear picture of transferring mantles. 
because he was from Elijah to Elisha and Elisha did a double portion, which is weird that Jesus said you'd all do greater things that if we can partner with this, this spirit of Elijah, that could actually, you walk in something and you can transfer to the next generation, a double anointing that they would do double the amount of things that we would do. And if you can imagine, if we could keep that going, we would have a, a massive return. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah. I think there's something available for leaders right now. If we can step into this to wow. go, there is such a season of restoration of family and of recognizing our identity in who Jesus is, our identity as sons of God, our restoration to him and to each other. Um, and I just want to talk about that because I feel like wow. there's this thing that has happened where we, we sometimes make stuff about so many other things. Instead of making it about the thing that's the most important. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just feel like this picture in Malachi is just like recognizing, man, Jesus is coming. This is the son of righteousness. He's coming. He's going to give us the power over darkness. But the people that will access that power and will destroy the curse are the ones that remember the commandments of Moses, the statutes and the laws, and that actually walk in the spirit of Elijah. Yeah to restore. And in that restoration, there will no longer be a curse in the land. Yep. You know, I love this because I feel like it's, it wakes us up to, Oh, I'm a, I'm a part of this. Like this is, this is me taking on, like we're in it. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, like this isn't just, Oh, we show up every Wednesday and we are do this thing. And like, we are a part of prophecy being fulfilled. And I I think that that ultimate privilege and responsibility that we remember and that we're actually carrying the breakthrough for this generation. I I, like the even um, when you're just saying restoring the hearts of fathers to sons, sons to fathers, that's a transference of what God has done through generations. Yes. Like that, that was broken at one point. Yes. And now it's actually being transferred. I mean, you have to think if we realize and recognize Adam was, you know, the first Adam was this representation that we could walk with God. Yeah. He could walk with us and that was broken. And then you're like, what does Jesus do? He's like, I'm going to come as a second Adam to restore the ability for God to be our father, for us to be his sons. And then in that restoration, then we could be restored to our own fathers and fathers to our sons. And, and there's just something powerful about restoration of family. Mm -hmm. And I, something that I, we've said a lot here, I always make a joke. I'm like, I'm not a youth pastor. I'm a family pastor. There's no youth pastors in the Bible. We're not youth pastors. We are a part of the global church in the space of families being reconciled. And usually in junior high and high school is the place where a lot of pain starts surfacing from our family upbringing. It's probably the first place that you start seeing and we call it puberty. Yeah. And that's what the world has titled it. Now there is something puberty is obviously the awakening of your sex drive and stuff, but hear me, but yeah. they call an attitude yeah. puberty. Right. They call defiance puberty. Right. They call it. disconnection puberty. Right. They're like, Oh, that independent thing is coming up because they're in puberty. And I'm like, right. no puberty is the awakening of your sex drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the pain and dysfunction that's already yeah. existed. A student's just now getting a voice. Right against it. And it it creates then the first place where you start seeing families go, Oh my gosh, we're disconnecting. Right. 
Right. So I guess the question is, is it hormones or is it something else? Right. Maybe a little bit of both. And I think it might be a little bit of both. But yeah, if it but was, don't just label it. But don't just, just label hormones. it hormones. And here's why I say it can't just be hormones because then in our 20s when the hormones settle down, families would get reconciled like nothing. <laughs> so, and that's not happening. Unfortunately, right. I'm right. in my 30s and you know we're yes. still working it out in yes. my family. So yes. I, there's yes. no way that... Um, hormones right. have that much of an impact because it doesn't go away <laughs> and it, it doesn't, only gets worse. it only gets worse. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just wondering, I'm like, where our role, like we have a role in the prophetic Gosh. plan of God yeah. as youth pastors and leaders to reconcile. We are yeah. ministers of reconciliation. And I, I'm like realizing more and more, if I don't reconcile my own life, my own family, my own parents to them, to each other, I can't be a minister of reconciliation to the world. Yeah. And that's what the world needs. That is the job right now of leaders is yeah. to reconcile the world back to God and to each other. Yes. There's the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love one another as you love yourself, Mm -hmm. you're like, man, there's three relationships I have to fix. My relationship with God, my relationship with myself, my relationship with one another. Yes, yes. And And therefore we've been given a ministry of reconciliation. reconciliation. And that Mm -hmm. is the chief thing that we are to carry to bring heaven on earth. Heaven is family. There's this, the family dynamic in heaven. And I'm just like, how do we do that well? Because there's so much pain and dysfunction. And families. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's yeah, so yeah. painful, and I'm like, how yeah. do you, how do you do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I love I I think I love that's why we've started with discipleship. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that 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 is the start, and and I feel like that's been um, our bread and butter. But it is unto, well, how are you gonna reconnect yourself to your parents, and if mm-hmm. and if your parents aren't saved, or if they're they're still living, you know the thing that calls you to be disconnected with them in the first place. Well, how are you going to reconcile it in your heart? So then we have to ask ourselves, can you be reconciled to somebody that's not perfect? Well, duh. But people don't believe that. I know people don't believe it, but it's But you have to think how funny that is. Like God, God reconciles himself to us when we're not perfect. But but yet we only will tell kids to reconcile to their parents if their parents are safe. If their parents are perfect, if their parents understand them, if their parents agree, if their parents create that, that healthy home. And I'm like, is that what God asks? Because at that rate, no one is worthy of reconciliation. I think as youth pastors and youth leaders, you really have to guard your heart towards parents and towards their upbringing and remember that no one is perfect. Their parents are not the bad guys. Can I take that a step further? Yeah not just guarding your heart against parents, making sure that you've actually reconciled with your, your, your parents. Because if you don't, you'll pick be up triggered. their offense. You're be oh, tri- you'll be I, so triggered I, by parents because of your own parenting. Yes. Oh, your own parents. You're like, yes. my parents is not too. And the worst. I will never yes. let a kid go through what I went through right there. Yes. You've you're already, the you savior, lost. First of all. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. you, you, you stopped being a leader and you started being, um, an enabler. Yeah. Isn't that sad? That out of a good heart, yeah. we out can- Out of en- false empathy. False empathy. We can enable 
a kid to live in dysfunction and then justify disconnection. Yes. We, we are justifying the very thing that God hates. Yes. There's something that God hates is the disconnection between brethren. This is what yeah. he loves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Unity. feeling yeah. the fear of the Lord so much more these days. Aren't just we with all? youth ministry, with parenting, <laughs> yeah. just yeah, realizing yeah. what is at stake. These are people's lives and their souls. And But yes. anyway, back to this. I think it's super easy to pick up an offense of a kid, but the realistic thing of like what you're saying, I think students are just, as they enter those teenage years, they are coming to the reality of my parents aren't perfect. My life was not perfect. I may not know how to say that, but everything's coming up and I don't know what to do. Yes. And, but yet they won't tell you straight up sometimes because they're like, I don't want to expose my family. I don't want to make someone sound bad. Yes. And so you're trying to like weave through this crazy maze to yes. figure yeah. out yes. you got, how do you I got help misplaced you? loyalty on one yes. side. You got denial on the other side. Yes. yes. But in, in deep down, you know, their parents are great, but clearly something's happened here. And it's just. And I think what cuts through that is rigorous honesty that, that, hey, you can be fully honest and you're still going to be covered. We're not going to look at you as the bad person. We're not yes. going to look see you as this. That this is a safe space for you to actually show all of you. Because then, yeah. once I can see you, now we can work with something. Yes. <laughs> now we got something to work with, and we don't have to work with the fake you. Yes. yes. And I think that that's real discipleship, is that yes. I see you for who you... Like, yes. I see where you, you're at. Like, yes. Jesus didn't, like, ignore the disciples' dysfunction. He called it out. So mm-hmm. much so that they wrote it in the Bible. Yes. True. So much so that Jesus said, what is it to you that you think about this person? Yes. I'm talking Beautiful. about you. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Like, so many times he calls out the dysfunction. Yep. And they and they found it important to write it in scripture to yep. see, oh, this is him discipling. Yes. yes. And I, I think that's the part of the the responsibility of leaders um, and in the church, I think there's many responsibilities, but especially when we're working with youth who are in a moment in their life where we get to help them reconcile their life thus far and set them on a trajectory to have the life that God has actually given them. And that doesn't just mean we help them discover their calling. That doesn't just mean we make them serve in youth ministry. It means we set them up to have the marriage and family that they are called to have in their life. And the only way to have a healthy marriage and a healthy family is you have to reconcile your own. You have to be okay with where you came from. You have to own the the pain that has happened. You have to forgive that pain. You have to accept that pain and you have to overcome the other side to go, I'm okay that God gave me my parents yes. because one day your kids are going to look at you and you're either going to try to never be your parents, which will end up creating another dysfunction. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or you can just own the fact that God, I'm, or you'll hate God. This is where people walk away from God is, is we can't reconcile that he would give us people that hurt us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And in reality, God has so set up the world in such a unique way that he's like, I'm okay that your parents were your parents. And you're like, what? (laughs) Like, hold on, God. Like, do you know what they have done to me? Do you know what they've said to me? Do you know how they've abused me, hurt me, lied to me, left me? All these things that kids are navigating that is causing identity crisis, pain. uh, It's causing separation from the church. It's causing weird communities in, in, in different spaces to form. All stemming from, 
God, I, I don't like the parents you gave me. And I, I want to imagine you messed up instead of imagine you called me to reconcile. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather imagine that you messed up and I have permission it through boundaries that are actually done way wrong and through some sense of false righteousness to go to protect yeah. myself. I'm leaving you not yeah. realizing you've now just carried them with you and, they're, and they're, still, they're haunting yeah. you the rest of your life. Cause yeah. you haven't just reconciled man. There's pain. Yes. I forgive that pain. And it's, I accept a, and it's it. my story. It's a part of my story. I can't change it. And God, I'm actually okay with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay that my dad is my dad and my mom is my mom. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a painful thing. And I, I think as I'm diving in more just in my own journey of my life, going, the more I've reconciled my history, the more I can help students reconcile theirs. And it's a joy. And you're like, it's actually a joy. You're actually thankful. You're like, God, I'm not perfect. You know what's so powerful about that, though? What's so powerful is that us helping students reconcile at this age, they don't live out more years of from dysfunction. that space. Yes, it stops it. It can stop this cycle of dysfunction yes. and starts restoring yes. fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, all this stuff that's gotten so off. The restoration is through forgiveness, and, and yes, but I think what you've seen over the years is forgiveness has been um, only for what has been done. Yes. And maybe not how you feel. Like yes. You haven't, not everyone has forgiven their parents for how you felt by what was done. And those are two separate yes. situations. Now, when we say how you feel, we mean how you feel. Feel <laughs> the ugly truth, the, the 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 thing that would feel scary to say in front of them. Yes, the the thing that every person has something. Yeah, inside. everyone's gonna have to reconcile something, something with their parents. And you know what's crazy? As me and Mari, we've been doing this. We've been going after just forgiving our parents, reconciling stuff, being okay with who they are, and loving it. And actually loving them and going, I'm actually okay with you. I don't want you to change. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with my childhood. I'm realizing how much more I'm okay going, my kids are going to have to reconcile stuff with us. And yes. that's okay. Yes. So that means I don't have to try to perform as a parent to be yes. super parent, perfect parent. This need to control the pressure the outcome. Off. Yes, yeah, I can't because yeah. we're can't still control. trying to control our kids and their experience yes. they're having. And I can't. You actually can't. Because if I try to control it, the moment my kid is honest with me and says, dad, I don't feel seen by you. I am going to come unglued because yeah. I'm like, I have done everything. I'm going to think about all the moments that I was I have tried to or see the moments you that and, I was. And I'm going to tell you how I saw you yeah. and I'm there and you're lucky you have a parent like me. That's and instantly a, a more, more of a disconnection. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. kid's going, I was just trying to be honest that I haven't felt seen. And now I really don't feel seen. And the very thing you thought you tried to avoid, you've now created in a greater way. And I'm going... All because I'm like, I'm trying to be super parent yeah. and you can't. And I think it's this ultimate reality that God is the father. Yes. That that at the end of the day, and I think it was Leslie that talked about this, how she had um, Leslie Crandall. She had an amazing dad, but he wasn't a perfect dad. Right. There's only one father that is perfect. And and I think it's that ultimate reality. But if, if I don't reconcile myself to my parents, yes. then I'm going to recreate that with my own kids. Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> it is wild. And that's part of just 
I want us to be thinking like this. And if you're a youth pastor, I'm going to say this impromptu, our poor media team right now, but we're just going to go after this. Um, we're going to create something. We have a YPLN network because I, I'm realizing something. Not everybody knows how to walk people through forgiveness. Yeah. Like you just don't. And that's okay. And But if you're there, part of our responsibility is to know how to reconcile kids back to their parents. Yeah. yeah. This is vital yeah. in actually restoring the connections of the church and restoring the strength of the body, which is found in unity, which is found in unconditional love. It's the John 17 prayer that we would be one. And I think we want to imagine that where I'm one with the person I like. And Jesus was saying, be one as me and the father want, be one with one another. That would mean parents and kids have to be one. Yes. That would mean parents and parents. And if you, you know, how do you help two parents that have two kids that hate each other reconcile the parenting? Because God wants us to be one. That's hard. You're like, how do you do this? Well, I don't know all this stuff, but I, man, if you're like, I've never even started the Mm -hmm. forgiveness journey. I would, we might, we're going to just be looking for something around forgiveness And whether we do a live masterclass on it, whether we open this up just to something to start helping people and you learn how to do this in your own life and with kids, because there's something powerful about forgiveness that we all know. But sometimes I, I have felt it in my life and in my journey going, I don't know how to walk a person through forgiveness to where I know the outcome will be. They have reconciled. Right. Yeah. yeah, And I feel like there's been a, a journey that we've been on here at Young Saints, me and my wife been on, Dante's yeah. been on, we've all been on, yeah. on how does forgiveness actually play out? What does yeah. it actually look like to where I feel the impact of it on my life yes. and I can feel the love again, the power of, the power just... of that reconnection yeah. towards the yeah. person mm-hmm. that I thought I could never forgive. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's good. So we're going to go after that. So be looking for it. Um, So if you're like, I don't know where to find it, you can follow us on YPLN Instagram. You can, you can sign up for our YPLN network um, or you can hit our emails. Like we, our heart is um, we want to help strengthen the, the youth and the youth ministries in the world. How do you do Mm -hmm. that? Is that we start having strong family units. Yes. We start reconciling kids and families that you feel like, is that even possible? Yes, it is. Everything is possible to reconcile. This is the power of the blood of Jesus. It wasn't possible, but now it is. This is why this Malachi prophecy is so um, powerful, is he saw a day where any father and any (laughs) child could be reconciled. Reconciled, He saw a day that that is possible. And you're like, how is that possible? This feels crazy. And you're like, it used to not be. There is a day which we are in where that is possible. And there's a generation hungry for truth, which means they can be honest, which means reconciliation is so available in Gen Z because they are a honest generation going, I'm okay admitting my life isn't perfect. I'm okay admitting I that my I'm hurt where we as leaders need to step in is to make sure we don't validate the hurt without leading them to the forgiveness. Yes. yes. Cause yes. if we just validate the pain, but we don't help them overcome that pain, they then just get 
an identity in pain, yeah. which mm-hmm. is what we're seeing. We don't want identity in pain. We right. want identity in family. Yeah. Yes. That is our identity is in yeah. family, yeah. not in pain, not in what has happened, not in mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to give identity of trauma. Yeah. We want identity in family. That's yes. the space we're supposed yes. to have our identity is in family. Yeah. And so I just want to yeah. encourage us right now. That's what we're going after. That's what we've been doing. It's what we're doing here in Young Saints. Yes. But to end all this, and it us. will be easier to do this with all your students if you've done it yourself. Yes. Because you will know the end result is possible and that will give you lots of hope and faith to see it in them. So yeah. I would recommend as we end. Join YPLN Network. To do that. Hop on one of our Connect sessions and you can just type in, I need to forgive my dad or mom. I'm telling you, it's been yep. so impactful yes. as leaders to have a safe space to process deep emotions from our past to overcome stuff that we have not overcome. And there's just been such a false honor where I'm like, man, I love that I can honor my parents now and it means something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carries weight to it. It carries weight. It's not just words. So do that as we end. Do it. We love you guys. You know where to find us. We'll see you next time. Have a great week.